I wandered into the Christian bookstore looking for resources on prayer. A friend of mine was working behind the counter, and I knew she was a mature believer and well-read. So I went over to her and asked for a recommendation. What do you think is the best book on prayer? Her response was absolutely spot on. I'll share it with you coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Greetings, friends in Christ Jesus, and welcome to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, and I'm happy to be journeying in faith with you for the hour ahead today. Thanks for joining us. Prayer. It's the lifeblood of the Christian. It's the very air we breathe. But it's also a practice that is uniquely strange, I think. I mean, we all have a seemingly innate compulsion to pray, especially in times of crisis, perhaps. But it can be difficult to describe the mechanics, so to speak, of prayer. I mean, what is actually happening? Does God actually respond to my prayers? Does prayer work? How do I pray? How do I pray better? These were some of the questions that were going through my mind as I entered the bookstore. I had my rote, memorized prayers, and I was fairly comfortable praying extemporaneously, but I knew that there was more of the ocean of prayer to be explored. And I was looking for a book that would essentially lead me into the depths of prayer. Well, my well-read friend who was at the counter just smiled when I told her what I sought. And very sagely, she replied, Some people who I admire in the depth of their prayer life do you know what they say? The best way of learning about prayer, the best way to improve in prayer, the best way to go deeper in prayer is to pray. Boom. Man, that one hit me right between the eyes. In retrospect, I wonder if I wasn't just seeking to you know, maybe look like the expert on prayer, the one who would have suggestions to give on prayer without actually taking the time to practice prayer. Well, thankfully, my friend's words were as motivating as they were convicting. And thanks be to God, I have grown in my practice of prayer since then. But I've definitely grown enough to know that I still have a long way to go. Today on The Inner Life, we're exploring developing a personal prayer life. And whether you're just starting out, just learning to pray, or if you've been soaked in prayer for a long time, I hope our discussion today proves, well, like my friend's words, perhaps both convicting and motivating. And with that goal in mind, we'll trust in Almighty God, of course, but specifically as he speaks through a brand new spiritual director for us today, but one who, I would imagine, has many years of experience on the prayer front, Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanovitz. And she is a Dominican sister. She is a Eucharistic and Marian revival speaker, Dominican sister of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Sister, so good to be with you today. Thanks for being our spiritual director. And thank you, Patrick, and happy vigil for your feast day. <laughs> thank so you very much. Yeah, You must have chosen this to prepare you for tomorrow also. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And prayer is is one, not the only, but one of the ways I will be celebrating Good St. Patrick tomorrow. Certainly. I'm sure. Good. Good for you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And uh, well, sister, since you are brand new to the program as a as a spiritual uh -huh. director, so glad that you could join us. But why don't you begin just by telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Okay, thank you. 
Well, first of all, I really do want to say how excited I have been about this, and I have kept this in my prayers. And all my sisters, and I have about 150 in the community, we've all been praying. So at any rate, to go back to your question, um, I'm, as you can, might be able to tell Patrick from my accent, I am from the South. I am from the Smoky Mountains, actually, born and oh, raised nice. in the Smoky Mountains. And um, I would have to say that uh, God really blessed me. First of all, I think he knew. It, well, obviously, I know he knew me, and he knew he had to put me in a very religious family because I was going to become very strongly whatever he immersed me in. I can, mm-hmm. I can certainly say that about myself. And so he gave me a, a, a beautiful, put me in a very beautiful family with a 100% Polish father who everything was God first and then family and then everything else. Um, and then a Baptist convert to the Catholic faith mother who was very, very strong in morals and other things because the Baptist faith was so strong. And we grew up, which is unusual, I know, but we grew up praying the family rosary. It was non-negotiable. We kids tried to get out of it, but <laughs> it never worked. And every day when we would be playing with so many of our friends who weren't Catholic and they'd say, oh, what is that thing? Again, we'd say the rosary and they'd say, oh, yeah. We said, well, y'all, you can join us. And they said, oh, that's okay. We think we'll just keep on playing. <laughs> But they were mystified by the fact that they that our parents could take these wild kids and get them to kneel down for 10, 12, 15 minutes, whatever it took at night when we were in the midst of playing. We would leave it and we would have to go. Anyway, mm. I could go with so many stories. Being raised in the South really gave me such a heart for evangelization. I wanted everybody to be Catholic, especially my grandparents and the ones that I grew up with, uh, my Polish ones died before I was even born, but my um, Baptist ones who remained very strongly Baptist, um, I was always trying to convert. So I just wanted everybody to be Catholic. And so I think that was a a rich uh, ground. We were sent to Catholic schools and it was at the point of sacrifice. Again, they weren't just around every corner or anything, but we would go to the Catholic elementary school taught by the Dominican sisters. And I just loved them. And I remember asking my parents on the very first day of school, are they really good? Yes, they really are. And my father's saying, they give their whole lives to God, honey. You better be good. Well, I wasn't good as such. And I got into my share of trouble, but it was never malicious. It was just too much energy. But I knew I wanted to be a sister. And um, and I really held that, that closely. Then I went to a Catholic high school, different school in Knoxville, Catholic high school, and really discovered boys and thought, you know, they're just the, the perfect complementarity to me. Hmm. You know, I like their energy and their ideas, and they sometimes understand me when girls are a little bit more hesitant. So in any case, it was a beautiful balance. But as soon as I graduated from high school, I entered the Dominicans, as had done my sister, who is two years older than I. So that is, she is Sister Mary Teresa. And then we left our one brother, who um, was wilder than the two of us, even at home alone. And um, at any rate, so I think it was just a very fertile ground for the faith. And the faith was very, very real to all of us. And I remember knowing deep inside I wanted it, that I was lost without it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a special gift, as I have taught so many years of my life as a Dominican sister and realized so many people really don't somehow get to that depth of realize they 
they can't do it alone. So anyway, then, um, Patrick, so I, I lived as a professed Dominican sister um, coming out of Nashville, actually, for a number of years. Then all of a sudden, God made me know very clearly that he wanted us to form us, whoever that would be. But anyway, I was certainly kind of the, one of the ones that spearheaded the whole thing. Another branch of the Dominicans. Okay. So four of us actually left that community, and, and it's, a, it's a really big deal. Um, and there's so much red tape in, in uh, Rome, et cetera, to even begin this. And if you don't succeed, within a couple of years, you go back to your community. But I never had the first worry about it because I knew we need to get sisters back to remind people to do exactly what you're doing in in your in your program, Patrick, to remind people that God is real and he made us and he loves us and he knows us and he desires to our union with him more than we could ever desire that that he meets us not only halfway, but but the majority of the way, as Pope John Paul II would always talk about. If you seek out God, He will already be there to find you and to let you know He's He's been there all along. Mm-hmm. So we went to New York under Cardinal O'Connor because he had heard about this. He knew Mother Assumpta Long, who was with us, and um, there were four of us, and we began by God's grace, and another branch on the Dominican tree, which is the way the Dominicans traditionally, you know, grow all the way back for 800 plus years at this point in time. So we began it in New York, uh, Sister Mother Assumptive, Sister Mary Samuel, Sister John Dominic, and myself. And then God made known to us through a very unique um, man or something we would never have expected but Mother Assumpta also had known uh, Tom Monahan of Domino's Pizza, and we had happened to go by there on our way from Tennessee up to New York. Um, I know it was kind of circuitous because we have a lot of friends, and so we had to kind of explain this so that they wouldn't be too worried or what in the world's going on. They would understand sometimes the Holy Spirit does this unusual thing. So, and we, we happened to stop there, and so... He kept after us in that, get this, from the time we left the other community to begin to actually become our community, it was a total of nine months with all the red tape wow. that, yes, it was very, very fast. And yeah. so um, he wanted us to come to Lansing, Michigan. Well, we weren't interested, but as uh, Colonel O'Connor said, you know, he might be able to offer things I can't, you know, in the New York Archdiocese. And if this is what you believe, then, you know, you're beginning a new community. And I kept saying, well, we need to go wherever we're able to accept vocations. So, anyway, on February 9th, 1997, the four of us made our vows in the new community, Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. Don't you love the name? Mm-hmm. And then... And then we um, had decided, had prayed our way to knowing with with the cardinals, um, very strong spiritual support and and guidance through it all. That God must have wanted us in Michigan, where we knew no one. You know, uh, humanly speaking, we wanted to stay in New York, but we knew so many priests, and Mother Assumpted helped 
had helped the Cardinal began the Sisters of Life. And so the roots went back there. They didn't go anywhere in Michigan. But we knew somehow that was where God wanted us. And immediately when we came to, to Michigan, young women started appearing and saying, gosh, we've been waiting to see habits, and we, we, we really are interested in and they, we began these vocation discernment retreats and would get like over a hundred to bring their sleeping bag for 24 hours, sleep on the floor, but it's all night Eucharistic adoration. And we would give these retreats three times a year. And in the 25 years now, 26 years, actually, we've grown from those original four to over 150. So it's just wow. obvious that when you take God seriously real knowing he knows more than you do the relationship of prayer is an automatic you know mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah fundamental so, necessity yeah exactly yeah exactly patrick yes i, I could go on and on well <laughs> i mean that's tell. a that's a great introduction, sister, and uh, I am I'm so pleased. I can hear the joy in your voice, and that's uh, oh, that's such a, a trademark of of those who have given their lives over to God in, yeah. in a consecrated mm-hmm. way. And I'm so grateful that you could join us here. Well, let's let's crack into the uh, the topic at hand here with prayer. Okay. Let's imagine, okay. um, and, and you know, we don't even have to imagine. Maybe maybe there are people who are listening who are. Early on, or at very least, we know people uh-huh. who are very—I uh-huh. know people who are very early on in the in the whole life of prayer. What suggestions might you give, Sister, for someone who's kind of just starting out? Um, how, how do you get going in a life of prayer? Oh, that's beautiful, Patrick. I think you get going, back to the way you began the program, by going. You yeah. know, you, you can only begin something if you put your will— you invest in that decision. You make the decision and you invest in it. And when it comes to an art or a talent or something, we are relying so much on our own. We would definitely know God-given, but somebody that didn't know that their own innate abilities. But when it comes to prayer, we are relying on God's faithfulness. And what he promised us, you know, the the um, responsorial psalm at Mass this morning was Psalm 95. We hear it over and over in, um, during Lent. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Right. And I think it goes to the, to the point of, of your question, Patrick, in that every day, in many ways, we hear the voice of God. The question is, am I paying attention? And so, again, I think once we set our will to desire a a relationship with God, He's already been there all along, and His arms are outstretched, and we kind of look around spiritually, and we realize we're in His embrace. And we're like, how did I not know this ahead of time? You know, I, I think it begins with very simple, simple steps. Like perhaps a suggestion might be having a place in your own home, you know, where you can go and find some silence and really get in tune with what's going on deepest inside your heart, because that's where God resides and he resides in all hearts. 
I think very few people willingly push him out. I'm sure some do. But a person who is asking the question that you just posed already has an open heart. How do I begin? Right. And then, of course, how do I increase? And and I think it's you go to your place of quiet and you just let God speak to you. And I think in so many ways in our lives, we come in contact with the, the person he made us to be, which is not like any other human he's ever created. This is where I think it gets exciting mm-hmm. when a person can say, yes, these are my talents. These are my abilities. These are my lack of things. This is the self-knowledge. This is who God created me to be. And how do we get to some of this? We prayerfully ask, you know, where do I feel most alive, most creative, most hopeful? Um, We would say most encouraged in prayer and in my relationship with Christ. And we remember those times he's kind of broken into our busyness and sometimes our deafness and our self-reliance to show us that he's not in those places. He's all-encompassing us as the divine, perfect lover. And who of us doesn't know deep down we were created for love? Yes, to give our love. But we can only really do that if we receive it. And so we have the scripture quote that God first loved us because I couldn't give him what he couldn't, hasn't already given me. I don't have it on my own. So I think people who are very serious about prayer, either beginning it or continuing in it and growing deeper in it, that is the one one uh, aspect of our lives that we can find the greatest comfort. God wants this union with me even more than I want it with him. Mm, wow. He will make it happen if I open myself to it, which is like phase two. <laughs> Very good. Well, <laughs> wise words to get us kicked off anyway, as we're talking about developing a life of personal prayer with our spiritual director today, this is Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanowitz, who is joining us as a uh, Dominican sister of, well, she's a, a Marian revival speaker and a Domis- Dominican mm-hmm. sister of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. Um in case uh, anybody is interested, um, this is a great way, this is a great time to call in and uh, be part of the conversation. At what specific distractions or problems do you run into in your prayer life? Have you reached a certain stage, maybe a plateau life that you're looking for a little bump to get you going again? Do you have a testimony to give about how you have grown in prayer over the course of your life? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our phone number here at The Inner Life. 888-914-9149. Again, you can also send us an email. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Sister Joseph Andrew, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, I've got lots more questions and hopefully some calls and some emails to get to as well. So stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Battling addictions? Our sponsor, St. Gregory Recovery Center, can help you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at relevantradio.com slash Gregory. That's relevantradio.com slash Gregory. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the inner life. There's a little Yasha Heifetz for you, sometimes known as God's Fiddler. And the reason I asked our producer Nick to uh, to bring us back with a little bit of that is that he's known to, or at least it's attributed to him, to have said, if I don't practice one day, I know it. Two days, the critics know it. Three days, the public knows it. And uh, sister, as I'm just as we're talking about prayer, uh, by the way, our spiritual director today is Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanowitz, OP, and uh, she is. We're talking about developing a life of personal prayer, and uh, I remember um, that this was certainly something that I tried to live by in terms of prayer. If I don't pray one day, I certainly know it. Two days, um, those closest to me know it, and three days, everybody knows it. Right. So, talk to us a little bit about the importance of regularity in prayer, daily prayer. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, I completely understand what you're saying. As in anything, Patrick, we we all know that if there is something we value, we won't miss our appointments for it, so to speak. And I think we need to make prayer appointments in the sense of if we don't make prayer a priority, and again, we can begin small, maybe some listeners really are just trying to to begin, and they just need a few minutes, but they need to keep it, as you just mentioned, every single day, and then they need to allow it to build. And eventually, God takes over and gives us the grace, His life in us, to desire even more prayer. I think most people would say when they first begin to pray, a minute seems like, you know, 10 minutes, whatever. Sure. But then right. as time goes on, because I think this, the secret of prayer is when we still ourselves, we quiet ourselves, as time goes on, we begin to realize that still small voice was God all along. And we never really gave him credit. Somehow we kind of thought it was maybe our idea or something. But then we began to hear his his quiet voice in our hearts more and more and we want to know what he is trying to tell us and we open ourselves through through his grace to to becoming the person he created us to be and in mm-hmm. that we develop a deep inner peace that we could never have gotten in any other manner right right so i think the the priority of prayer is is essential or again we'll, we'll never do it or we might do it for a day or you know how many people pray on christmas or easter or show up for ashes on ash wednesday but in reality this is a relationship you wouldn't right. treat anyone that you love um, in a matter of I'll only see you on the big days other than that, good luck, because ultimately that just says I really don't care. And so it is a loving relationship, and it sometimes has to begin small, but wherever each individual listening to this or who will be listening to this in, in the future, that's that's where where we are right now, but God wants to keep taking us further. Right. You know, one... This this is just super simple, but I think it's it's important to realize that saints, you know, the people that the church has canonized, has said, um, we know these these people have died and and they're in heaven. They lived on earth, such a relationship with Christ. 
that we now know that they are in heaven. And so saints, that word comes from the Latin word, which really means to be complete. And the Latin word is sanus, which from which we also get the word sane, S-A-N-E. And so I think to be a saint is to be a sane person who is complete, humanly speaking, and that's very important because God made us this way, and spiritually speaking, so body and soul, it's like the incarnation, so to speak, that each of us is called to bear Christ within our own humanity. And so that's what the saint does. And somebody might say, oh, my gosh, I could never become a saint. And I would say, well, don't underestimate yourself or God. That's what you were created for, Mm -hmm. you know? So this is what we were made to be. And um, I'm sure everyone has seen the movie The Chosen, And in that, there are so many times the apostles show their weak humanity. And sometimes Christ, you know, Jonathan Rumi playing playing Christ in the movie, corrects them. Sometimes he just laughs at them and lets it go. And I really love that portrayal. God is with us, with everything we do, as long as we don't choose to reject him. But that takes, as you mentioned, that takes a steadiness in prayer, and we have to set the time aside. And again, if it's Catholics, it means we go to Mass, we receive communion, um, we we go to confession, we do all the things that I know this program speaks about in, in much more detail. But every one of us will only find that completion that we were made for. And this is why I think so many people in the world are going crazy. They're not finding it because they're not praying. And you will go crazy. And so if we really want sanity and sanctity, the two are the same thing. Love it. Love it. Our spiritual director today, Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanovitz, OP from... Yeah, it's just a, such a, a gift to have you with us again, sister, a Dominican sister of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. If you have specific mm-hmm. questions about prayer, you have testimony to give about what difference prayer has made in your life. If you're struggling in prayer, if there's something, some specific question that you have about care, give us a prayer, give us a call, join the conversation, 888-914-9149, again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Sister, let's uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Gilbert, who's been waiting patiently from Irving, Texas. Oh. Gilbert, welcome to the Inner oh, Life. wonderful. Hi. My testimony has to do with a crisis within the marriage, and... Um, stemming from um, my wife's childhood that, uh, you know, unresolved issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had gone to priest and even to the exorcist. And and, uh, anyway, long story short, by myself in my bedroom one day, and I knelt down. Mm. I I just talked to God. I was praying and crying and everything. All the fluids flying all over the place. And I said, I give you my life. Please do me do with me whatever you want, but please yeah. help her. Please help her. And mm. ever since then, things turned around, and I have peace wow. in life. Although, wow. although things still are not 100 percent right, because you know um, you we can't you can't force anybody who's um, you know a certain age to do things. They have to do it on their own, mm-hmm. just like God does not force mm-hmm. Himself on us. But 
I have that peace uh, that's beyond comparison. That's my testimony. Wow. Wow. If I may respond to that, I want to really say thank you because you brought out a deeper dimension of prayer that when you have been praying, and many times we are, sad to say, pushed to it by suffering, but when our whole heart and mind and our entire being is engaged in prayer, the most beautiful prayer is the prayer that Mary said at the Annunciation, do with me as you will, but it be done to me according to your word. And so that prayer of surrender, that abandonment puts us really so close to what we would call perhaps the school of the Holy Spirit, that we open ourselves to God who can do all things. And whether or not the issue that is so immensely important to us that has driven us to that total gift of self, just as our, it's like our Good Friday when Christ died for us, he gave himself totally we put our total self on the line, whether or not that seems to be resolved as we might choose it to be in faith, we know God is at work. And somehow this crucifixion will lead into a resurrection. Hmm. And I think that's why I love the rosary so much without the sorrowful mysteries, which will be in everyone's life. And they teach us depth. They teach us that total commitment, that surrender. We will never know the resurrection, which is when God picks us up in our nothingness and our most fallen state and our lowest and gives us himself anew. And um, that's essential. So I think that was a beautiful addition to this program. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Gilbert. Thank you for the call, and thank you for the testimony of receiving God's peace. And that's one thing, too, sister, is we're thinking about prayer. We're, we're thinking about, uh, too, that, as you've already said, but God does lavish things on us in and through mm-hmm. prayer. So he does actually, he calls us to prayer just so he can give us things, like Gilbert mm-hmm. said, like like his peace, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Because, again, it's like that sanity and sanctity. We will never become whole. The completeness that God created us to know, even on earth, God doesn't look down at the world and see us in our misery and say, oh, that delights me. He sees us there and he stoops down that much further into our hearts because he wills for us to know that deep union with him, whereby we, we do find ourselves living even, I would say, a bit more of heaven than, than we certainly ever have before. And in that alone is, is the peace that we were created for. He created us for peace. You know, it always amazed me with John Paul II, St. John Paul the Great, um, the Holy Father, who... Of all the virtues, the one that he would talk about, I think the most, and it seems to me it was his favorite, was hope. Never give up. Never give up. Grow deeper and deeper in your prayer life, in your unity with God, and lavish everything upon him in that total surrender. And he will take over, and all of a sudden things will start going together with the peace for which he created us. 
I love it. I love it. That's great. Uh, let's take another phone call, sister. Esperanza okay. is calling in from Florida. Esperanza, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad you could join us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking my call. Thank you, sister. Mm-hmm. What you say is so wonderful. And I just pray that the Lord someday would give me that gift. Um, oh, I am very disorganized with my... Yeah. I am very disorganized with my praying time. I begin going to Mass every morning. In fact, I take my grandson oh. there before I take him to school. But then I said, I'm coming home and I'm going to do my readings. And I don't. I get distracted with everything else. And um, <laughs> I do pray the rosary. But other than that, uh, help. <laughs> you know, yes. Esperanza, you know your name means hope. And we were just yes, talking about hope. From God. And so yes, you just yes. keep on trying. You know, God loves us in the struggle. I mean, when you think he could have come down to earth and redeemed us in a moment, he gave himself this much time to show us that it's not an instantaneous thing, but in the struggle, he is so much more present. Anyone, I would love for everyone to be able to say what you just said, Esperanza. I go to Mass every day. I come home, and I desire to pray more, but I don't always do it. You know, I desire to pray a lot more, too, and I'm a religious sister, and do I always get into chapel on my own time? I get in there a lot because of being a religious sister, but that's my vocation. But do I go in there on my own time? I, too, get distracted, and I think God loves that. And sometimes in the midst of a distraction, I think he can be as present to me as if I were in the chapel. I think he meets me where I am if my heart is open. And the best way we can know our hearts are open is if we desire to love him more. And you've just said that over and over again. Hmm. Esperanza, keep it up. I know God is very pleased with you. You pray for me and for Patrick and for everybody listening to this program, too. Okay? (laughs) And we'll pray for you, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Esperanza, thank you for the call. That's that's so great. So so honest because I mean, I think all of us have faced at one time or another uh what Esperanza is facing that there's there's disorganization, there's distraction, there's there's many things that could draw <laughs> us away from prayer, right? But um mm-hmm. but uh-huh. recognizing it is the first step of of seeing that hey, you know, I got to get serious about this. I got to keep trying, even as you said, sister, in the midst of the struggle. Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, as we're speaking about developing a life of personal prayer, is Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanowitz, OP, a Dominican sister of Mary, mother of the Eucharist in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So grateful that you're joining us here on The Inner Life, but we got more to come. We're going to take a short break, but more on developing a personal life of prayer right after this. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. We're speaking today with Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanovitz, who's our spiritual director. My thanks also to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Engeser, who is taking your phone calls. 
really a team effort, and oftentimes so is this spiritual life, right? We, we need to be a team effort with one another. Today we're talking about how to encourage one another in prayer and developing specifically a personal prayer life. Sister, one of the things that occurs to me is that uh, we as human beings are pretty good at uh, concealing maybe our true selves, at putting forth <laughs> images of who we are that we think others want to see or will respond positively to, right? Um, but mm-hmm. we don't really do ourselves, or God for that matter, any favors by doing that. So maybe in prayer, how do we go about showing God our true selves, our, revealing our full lives, and parts of it that, quite frankly, we're not really proud of, or parts of them that really need some healing? Uh, Patrick, that you have just hit the nail on the head with all your questions. This is just, I think in some ways, this is the most dear question to me in the sense of when we go before God, we have to be real. You know, we have a lot of sayings for be real, you know, just let it all hang out. Just God made us. What are we afraid of? We wouldn't have life without him. He loves us. He died for us. He knows us, as the great St. Augustine, Father of the Church, says he knows us better than we will ever know ourselves. That means for all eternity, I will never know myself as well as he does, and I will be in heaven, I hope and pray, and better be, and trust. And so this this game that we can sometimes play, and so in, in life we learn the virtue of prudence, which means put, put the best self forward, don't lie, be real, but at the same time, behave and and mind your manners and speak in sometimes eloquent words or or whatever you want to say. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's necessary because we're dealing with other fallen human beings who maybe will pick up on something because it's presented in a nice manner. But with God, he already knows us. It's not like a hide-and-go-seek. It's not like I'm here, but let me tell you who who I really am, because you might misread me. That is such a lack of energy and waste of energy and of trust, and it's not even a real prayer. So I think the most, again, I think prayer is the most freeing thing we can possibly do this side of of eternity. Hmm. And as we go into it more and more, he also shows us who we are. Why? So that we can love him more. The more I know the person God created me to be and become it, the more I am close to him because he is right there fitted into me perfectly. And if I run from whom I am, then it's not going to ever work. I'm running away from the incredible um, person, the the sanctity that I'm supposed to be. You know, I was thinking um, it's all a relationship of love, and love should never lie because that's not love. So, you know, the great Thomas Aquinas teaches us that love is characterized by, by two things, you know, the benevolence and the union. So, that's really to say that when we love someone, when we love God, when we love some person, we desire that person's good. And so we, we long to be in their presence so that perhaps we can add to that good. Hmm. And then when we begin to realize this, 
we we desire the union with that person with god there is a union if we are in the state of grace if we have been baptized and and are living in in a relationship with him that relationship will only grow deeper and through that we won't even want to run and hide we'll huh. want him to see the the real self because that and that he says more deeply to me than in any other manner, I love you just as you are. And that's the most freeing thing because yeah. love is freeing when it accepts the other. Right, right. Wonderful words, sister, and, and grateful that you have shared them. Sister, give us an idea of uh, some, what does your prayer life look like? I, that, you know, mm-hmm. are there rote prayers and extemporaneous prayers? Are there uh-huh. contemplative prayers yeah. and meditative prayer? You know, tell us how, how you pray. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in my religious um, life, which, again, I know God, God gave me this vocation to kind of keep me more on the straight and narrow <laughs> because my <laughs> mind goes in every direction. But in mine, I'm blessed to have a bell that rings, and in, when that bell <laughs> rings, it's telling me what the next thing to do is, and it's called the horrorium. That's a, the monastic word for the structure of my day. And so we get up at 5 every morning, and then at 5.30, we are in the chapel, and we have a Eucharistic adoration hour from 5.30 to 6.30. And included in that is the beginning of the, the day's prayers for the, in the church, the divine office. And so mm-hmm. um, lauds or morning prayer right after that and, and, the, and meditation. So we have a solid half an hour of just us with Jesus, basically. And um, I always think that that's I don't know that I could begin my day very well if, if I didn't have that, because the things that perhaps I wake up concerned about I can again bring to him face to face right there and know he's got it and I'll do the best I can and he'll do even better through me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not me. It's yep. him. And you know, all those things and again in a busy apostolate such as teaching and knowing so many sorrows in the in the world and in these students' families uh, lives and and keeping up with what what's going on in the world and certainly in the church. You know, we we bring love, and we ask that mystically God will take that love and somehow help in in the places He wants. You know, we could go into the life of Saint Teresa of the Child Jesus and how she became missionary the entire world when she never left her convent. It was her prayer life. It wasn't right. what she did; it was how she loved. And so then, um, throughout the day, we have a structured uh, life uh, centered on the Divine Office. Um, which we have morning prayer and daytime prayer at noon, and, and you might hear the bell ring for that in a couple of minutes, actually. And then we have Vespers, and we have Compline, and we have Rosary, and right now we're in the middle of the Novena to St. Joseph. And sure. we have a lot of Dominican prayers and monastic prayers that have um, that are important to us. But besides that, I l- will always live in a convent under the roof of the blessed, with the Blessed Sacrament. So all I have to do is go a few, you know, yards, so to speak, and I can be right there before the Eucharist. That's part of my gift as being a spouse of Christ that I will never deserve, but it, it's his, his pure gift and his love of me. And so in, in the silent prayer in the time that I make personally, 
so much of, of my prayer life grows because then I can read what I want to, which are the lives of the saints just enthrall me and, you know, the documents of the church, et cetera. But how can I, with my temperament and my personality and my state in life and my age and the things that God has done with me, how can that be sanctified and given to him much more fully than I am at the present? So it gets down to that personal prayer life, which comes from the sacramental life so well lived. And of course, in that is Lexio Divina, whereby we would read the scriptures and meditate. You know, what, what did that mean when Christ said that? And what's he saying to me today? He said that to the apostles. It's written here 2,000 years ago, et cetera. But What's it saying to me? Because he's still speaking. It's alive and active, the, the scripture is. And so he's saying that to me now in my life. Right. And I think the more personal we become with our prayer life um, is, is the gift that we give, first of all, in trust, and then the gift that we receive as, as he enters more and more in because we allow him to. Not because he decided, because he's been there all along, but because we opened that part of our heart also to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, opening up ourselves to him, and uh, and it's it's always amazing what what does and may come from that. Oh, is that the bell, sister? That's the bell. <laughs> All right, there we go. You but know, I was thinking have more time. <laughs> That's right. I, I was I have thinking permission to keep going as long as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to keep you on for the next three hours or so, but uh, oh, we have our own schedule. Please. But you know, with I that, am. I was thinking too, um, and I know people who have done this. I myself at one time did this. You can you can set a bell. You can set a bell on your yes. on your phone on your device to yes. go off and remind Good you for that you. Oh, the next five minutes or ten minutes or fifteen minutes that yes, this Good is t- set a time you. for prayer. So. We can do that as laity. It can happen. And I did I want to uh, I did want to get in here, too, um, that uh, a man named Stephen wrote an email to us as well. He said, to you, oh, sister, yeah. I just wanted to say hello and thank you for your prayers. He says his wife, Olivia, discerned with the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of oh, the Eucharist. He beautiful. says, we've never met, but I know I've received your powerful prayers, so much so, Aww. get this, sister, that we named our firstborn after you, Joseph Andrew. <laughs> Oh, that makes me cry. This proves God that you can pray for people do. you don't even know. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. He well, says, thank you for your prayers and love, and he will pray beautiful. for you and everyone listening. Oh, well, I'm praying for Steve, too, and I'm yeah. praying for everybody on here. And Patrick, for you very especially tomorrow, I will remember you at Mass and prayers throughout the day. Thank, thank you. Thank you for everyone, and thank you for what Relevant Radio does. Again, it brings together the communion of saints yet to be received into heaven, but still down here on earth as we, you know, work together in this communion of saints. It's so exciting. Amazingly so. It really is. And, um, yeah, and and I just want to throw out there, too, that based on the biography that you gave at the beginning of the show, Sister, all of this started Mm -hmm. by parents especially paying attention by a a mandatory family rosary and of course you can pray along uh, right here on relevant radio at the family rosary across america every day at 7 p.m central Um, join us pray with others across the country as we're praying a rosary together for personal intentions for the building up of the church for our nation and for our world family rosary across america Mm -hmm. every every night at seven o'clock so uh seven o'clock central so, Sister, um, only about a minute remaining here, but uh, I was wondering if uh, perhaps you could maybe say a prayer for us before we close the show. 
Oh, that's beautiful. If you were going to ask me, I was going to read you, the, I was going to pray this scripture passage that I love. Please. It's from Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Mm. Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, pray for us. Mary, Mary, Mary. Amen. Sister Joseph Andrew Bogdanowitz, it's been a pleasure to spend this first inner life with you. So grateful that you could join us here on the program. And we look forward, hopefully, to many, many more. Um, And we will pray for you. Please do pray for me, pray for us, and uh, continue journeying on in this journey of faith in Jesus, of growing in God in prayer together. Thank Thank you. God loves you. (laughs) Thank you. God loves you too. Grateful that you joined us too for listening here on The Inner Life. If you did happen to miss Sister Joseph's biography or if you've missed anything that that you'd like to go back and review, um, check out the podcasted uh, shows that are available at relevantradio.com. Just click, go over and click on the inner life. We've got the Holy Sacrifice and the Mass coming up with Father Looney next. Join us tomorrow when we're going to be honoring St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland and the Irish. And let's even extend that even further to the whole world um, as we talk about the Trinity. So grateful again that you could join us. My name is Patrick Conley. Until next time, grace and peace. <laughs>